0: For the scripture reading this morning, we will turn to John chapter 13, verses 36, and continue in 14 through verse 6. It's John thirteen thirty-six through John 14, verse 6. This is on 955 in the Pew Bible, if you want to follow along. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me. But you shall follow me afterward. Peter said to him, "Lord, why can I not follow you? I will lay down my life for your sake." Jesus answered him, "Will you lay down your life for my sake? Most sincerely I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till uh, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. But not your heart be troubled. You believe in God; believe in me also. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you." to myself, that where I am, there you may be also, and where I go now, in the way you know. Thomas said, Lord, do we not know where you're going, and how how do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me.
1: Is an exciting time of the year with graduations uh, approaching upon us. We're thankful for our Tuesday Thursday school and the great good that's done there and our young people that are able to enjoy that throughout the year and enjoy a time of graduation as they have recently. Uh, we're thankful for our high school students that are graduating and we'll honor them throughout the day and we're thankful that our young men, the seniors, uh, some of them will conduct the service this evening and we look so forward uh, to worshiping as they lead us in worship. And we're so thankful for our young men and our young women and their love for God and for the great potential that is within their life. As we continue in our theme of immersed into Christ, looking at a study in the Gospel of John, a Gospel that, as you know, we have been studying for a few weeks now from that reminder where John tells us why he wrote this particular gospel. He wrote it that we would believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and believing that we might live. It's all about believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God so that we can live eternally. As we consider this study this morning, I think about the... the, aspect of graduation and then along with that word graduation comes also the thought commencement because as we know so many times in graduations we have commencement addresses and those two words are interesting because the word graduation in its etymology comes actually from the idea of refining something to once it reaches a certain degree it is complete and so back in the 1500s the terminology for giving degrees or diplomas spread or grew from this word of, of refinement. And so we, we honor our high school and our college graduates because they've put in a lot of work. And they've reached this point where now that past work will be recognized and they will attend a graduation where that degree will be awarded to them. But yet, as we know in life, transitions in reality are not really the end. Usually transitions are the beginning of something new. That's why we refer to them as transitions. And so then we think about commencement addresses. The word commencement is to begin something. And so even at a graduation, if it's done effectively, each is going to be honored for what has happened and transpired and achieved in the past... But then the eyes have to begin looking forward to say, now, what lies before us? What can be done with this past success so that greater success can be done in the future? Now, as we think about the Gospel of John, it is real easy to think about what passage would you go to in the Gospel of John that would challenge the idea of walking healthy and safe, in productive fashion through transitions. And if there was ever a night of transition in the life of so many that loved the Lord, it was during the night that he was going to be arrested and the persecution would begin and the next day the crucifixion would take place. And we've just had read two of the conversations and there were really at least four in this text and perhaps three of those uh, we'll study this morning where Jesus is with the closest and and they are at the time that that he has washed their feet and, and they begin having conversations about what is coming and they can't fathom the thought that, that Jesus is really going to die and they have a hard time accepting that he is preparing them for a tra- transition because our human nature is we want things to say the same oftentimes. Oftentimes we want to believe that it doesn't have to change, it shouldn't change, when the reality is life is all about change and it's us finding our way Through the changes of life, through the passage of death, and into eternity with the Lord. And so we must accept the changes and look for a righteous way to travel that path of change. And so, as we think about being immersed into Christ today, we think about the transitions and the beliefs that we ought to be able to gather from a study of John the 13th and the 14th chapter. Our young people, especially I think about our high school graduates, think about the transitions that might take place over the next five years. It's very possible that over the next five years, they'll go into college and or the military and or full-time work. They'll have to choose where they're going. They'll have to choose a career path. They'll also choose adult friendships And along with that, they'll also choose adult behaviors. They also will probably choose who they want to date, perhaps even by that time marrying, choosing a spouse. And some may even choose to have children by that time. You see, when you think about all of those life decisions, and perhaps they're made over the next five years, not that it has to be that period of time, but just to illustrate, this becomes a very important time of transition. It becomes a important time not to let the guard down and say, just for the next few years, I'll quote, just have fun. But when we recognize how serious those five years can be, we recognize that if there's ever a time to take life seriously, it would be at high school graduation. Statistics say that it is the 19-year-olds that hardly exist in churches across America today. It's hard to find them. I'm thankful that that's not exactly true here, but I'm also a realist in the sense that we lose too many. And so I hope as a congregation that we are ever so committed to being all that we should be as a congregation to support our high school graduates, to encourage them, to instruct them and to help them find their way. But also, there has to be the challenge to the graduates. That challenge to say, will you go through this transition in a way that is best for you, therefore, a way that would glorify God? Let's look at these conversations. When we look back to Peter's simple question, Peter had a question for the Lord that really is a beautiful question to ask. There in John the 13th chapter, look down at verse 36 again in your Bible. And if you need to grab one out of the pew, it's 955 and the Bible's in the pew there. And notice Simon Peter simply says to the Lord, Lord, where are you going? Now there is more meant in that than like if you're at the house and you see someone leaving your house and you may say to a child or to a spouse or to a friend, you know, curiosity, you might just be where you're going. In other words, no intentions of going with them, of following them. That's one way to understand this question. But when we see how Jesus answered the question, we know that that was not Peter's intention. In other words, it wasn't a curiosity question. Oh, Jesus, you're leaving. Okay, just curiosity, where are you going? Notice, just to to develop that, look at 38, the way Jesus answered it. Jesus answered and said, will you lay down your life? I'm sorry, I need to back up and finish 36. 36, Jesus answered and said, where I'm going You cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterwards. Now, notice, Peter had not said anything about, I will follow you. But Jesus knew Peter's intention for asking this question was, I don't want to be separated from you. Wherever you're going, Lord, I want to go with you. So that brings us to the question, where are you going, Lord? And so Jesus has to clarify at this point. And he tells him where I'm going right now, you can't go. And then in 37, he says, Lord, I would would lay down my life for you. And Jesus challenges that to say, no, you wouldn't lay down your life for me before the rooster crows in the morning. It's already evening time. Before the rooster crows in the morning, you're going to even deny that you have known me three different times. Now, Luke, if you want to hold your finger here and go back to Luke, the 22nd chapter. Luke, the 22nd chapter gives us just a little more insight to this very same occasion in Luke the 22nd chapter, let's begin reading at 31, and we read <clears throat> and the Lord said, this is Luke 22:31, it's 9:33 and the Bible in your pews. And the Lord said, "Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that our faith should not fall, and when you have returned to me, strengthen." your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times to, or deny that you three times that you know me. And I'd like for you to especially notice there in verse 32. There's a lot of beautiful points that could be made here. A lot of eye-opening points that could be made. Satan wants you. You better believe there's not a person in this room that Satan doesn't want to sift through. High school graduates, he wants you because he's got you at a time of life where so many of your peers will be going the wrong direction that he would love to work through the influence of your peers and of the societal uh, powers and influences that are upon your peers and upon yourself. That's not really the point we're going to take time to develop. Notice another beautiful point. Jesus prayed for him. Jesus wants you. Jesus wants you more than anybody that has lived or will ever live. When you think about who loves you, you may may say, well, my mama loves me or my grandmother loves me. or You may name some other people. You say, I know that they love me. Listen, there's nobody that loves you like Jesus loves you. He looks at Peter, knowing Satan's heart. And he says, Peter, I've been praying for you. But here's what we want to develop. What did he pray? Did you notice that his prayer was that he would be strong? But then that he would return. And when he returned, he would strengthen the brethren. Now, isn't that interesting? He says, I I want you to have faith that should not fail, but when you have returned. Now, you may have read this enough times that, you know, you don't do a double take. But if you had read that for the very first time and try to comprehend it, you'd probably do a double take. Do you see what he's saying? I've prayed that you'd have faith that wouldn't fail. Now, what's implied right here that he doesn't say is... But, Peter, I know you're going to fail. And so now my prayer is I want you to return. And when you return, I want you to realize there is great good that you can accomplish in the kingdom, and I've got plans for you. What should be our prayer for ourselves, for those we love, for our graduates at this time? We don't want your faith to fail. But there may be some here that you've gone through transitions in your life. Maybe it was last month. Maybe it was last year. Maybe it was last decade. And you look back in those transitions in your life and you realize, I didn't do that in a faithful way. I have failed. So now, what is the Lord's prayer at this time? I want you to return. Why? Because the Lord has a work For every one of us to do. Peter simply wanted to know, Lord, where are you going? And he says, Peter, where I'm going, you can't come right now. But I tell you what I'm praying. I'm praying you'll be strong. And when you do fall, I'm praying you'll come back. And I'm praying that you'll find your place in the kingdom. And what a beautiful prayer. Now when we go back to the 14th chapter of our text, in John the 14th chapter, 955 on the Pew Bibles, we notice that immediately Jesus continues addressing them. And at this point, you can imagine that the, the mood would have been pretty somber at this point. It's, it's really disappointing that here they were among the closest of friends. And yet Jesus can't put his arm around Peter and say, Peter, this is going to be a great night. Peter, you're going to really stand up and do the right thing. Instead, it's a somber mood. It's like, hey, you know what? We're not perfect. And I'm telling you, we're going to go through a real difficult time. And so now, it's in the 14th chapter that he begins with the words, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. And and so, a faithful Jewish man would have had no problem saying, Absolutely, I believe in God. And do you see what Jesus is doing here? Jesus is literally reinforcing in their eyes who he is. Because... You say, well, they've walked with him for three, three and a half years. They're not going to doubt who he is. Do you need to fast forward in your mind just a few hours from here? When they watch him die, what do they do? Peter denies. They scatter. They even doubt whether or not he's ever going to live again. And when he does rise and when he is resurrected, just as he had prophesied he would do, they were shocked at it, they were surprised at it, and yet they did come back to faith. When you fail, return, strengthen the brethren. And so what is Jesus doing mixed heavily throughout this conversation? In various ways, he's going to continually remind them, I am God. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then we have this beautiful passage where he says, I'm going to tell you the truth. I wouldn't tell you this if it were not the truth. I go to prepare a place for you. And then he talked about, I'm going to come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. And the place that he talked about was the Father's house. Now think about this in the context. It's a beautiful passage if we don't put it in its context, but think about it in its context. Where did this come from? This passage came from Peter saying, I want to be with you, God, or Jesus, I want to be with you. And him saying, well, where I'm going right now, you can't be with me, but let me tell you what I want to do. I'm preparing a place so that I can come back and we can be together. We can be together for an eternity. What a beautiful thought. And so amidst this question that began with, where are you going? Peter's finally told the answer. Peter, it's about a destination. It's the Father's house. And I'm going... To make a home for us. What do you live for? If right now the deepest desires of your heart was revealed, where would it fall about I want to live with the Lord for an eternity. I want to live in the Father's house. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. A part of that passing through is graduating. A part of that passing through is getting your first job. A part of that passing through may be getting married one day. It may be having kids or grandkids one day. There's a lot of things to this, but the reality is they're all just transitions. They're all passing through what? Peter, lift up your eyes. You're worried about being separated from me? Think about the long home, not the short home. Think about living in the Father's house for eternity. When do graduates from high school and college and when do 30-somethings and 50-somethings and 70-somethings, when do they make bad mistakes? We always make bad mistakes whenever we live based on our short home. Whenever we take our eyes off of the Father's house. And Jesus is reminding Peter, I want you to be strong. Keep your eyes on the Father's house. And even when you fall, I don't want you to keep your eyes on the earth. Get back up. Put your eyes on the Father's house again. The more we love the world, the less possible it is for us to keep our eyes on the Father's house. Well, naturally, if someone's talking with you about going somewhere and then you meeting up with them there, you might move then in the conversation to what Thomas brought up. Look again there in verse 5, where Thomas said, John, the 14th chapter in verse 5, Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? You know, each of these men are asking good questions. Peter saying, Lord, where are you going? In other words, I want to go with you. Now, Thomas is, is, is implying also, I want to go with you too, Lord. And you're speaking of the Father's house. and But the problem is we don't know that destination. You know, how many of us now today in, in, you know, just the last decade or so, the, the way we travel is, is very different. You know, how many of us, uh, I think about speaking engagements, uh, because that's kind of what my life has been about for the last couple of decades. And so, you know, as, as I took down the theme, what, what do you want me to speak on the, the, uh, what's the time slot, what's the setting, what's the age of the group, you know, those are the things you always go through as you're setting the appointment up. And then I used to have to say, hey, can you give me directions? Well, how's the best way to get to you guys? And I would copy the directions down. Now you know what I say, don't you? Hey, can you give me your street address? That's all I need. Why? You give me the destination and i will i will have a device that will direct me all the way there thomas has in his mind you know what jesus i love you i love what you're talking about but by the way back in john the 11th chapter thomas literally thought jesus was going to die soon and and he literally said let's go and die with him listen thomas had great faith i know later on he showed a momentarily lack of faith Probably many of us would too, if we'd been through what he'd been through. But but nevertheless, here's a man that, that loves Jesus. And he says, okay, I want to be with you. I love the idea of the Father's house. If you can give me an address, we can probably figure out how to get to the Father's house. But right now, Jesus, we hear you talking, but we still don't know how to get there. Now, pause there for just a moment. Remember the setting. They're trying to comprehend life without Jesus with them. You see, if, if it wouldn't have been life without Jesus, Jesus departing from them, they would have just said, we'll get up every day and we'll follow you, Jesus. But Jesus, if you're not going to be here, we need to know how to walk without you being here. And it not it interesting that Jesus' answer is, you walk the same whether I'm here or whether I'm not. In other words... It's going to become more about faith. They've walked with Jesus by sight. Now they're going to be required to walk with Jesus by faith. And then one of the best known verses in the Bible among Christians is his answer. John 14 and 6. When Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. How are we going to reach the Father? How are we going to reach Him? He says, let me tell you how. You don't need directions per se. You need a guide. You need one you're going to walk with each day. Well, who's that, Lord? I am the way. In other words, there's not something separated from Jesus that if you find whatever this is, you just follow that and you're going to make it. You have to follow Jesus. Why? Jesus says, I'm the way. Someone says, you know, I tell you what, when when you get in college, it is hard to fit God into your life. I mean, you stay up so late on Saturday nights and it's just hard to get up on Sunday and so many others aren't getting up. It's hard to get up and worship God. And then on Sunday afternoons, there's just so much happening. It's, it's hard to worship. Wednesday nights, there's so much studying taking place. It's just hard to fit God into your life. Listen, it doesn't matter how hard you try, you'd never get it right with that attitude. Listen to Jesus' answer again. Do you want to make it to the Father's destination or not? The way is not, I'll put my name in the blank. David Shannon is the way to the Father. And if he can fit a little bit of Jesus into his life, he'll make it. That isn't what the verse said, is it? What's the way to the Father? Jesus said, I am the way. So how does a young couple that's so busy make it? How does a middle-aged couple that's, that, that's taking care of children and parents with so much responsibility, how do they make it during that transition of life? Any of us that make it, we're going to make it by Jesus being our life. And when Jesus is our life, we fit everything into that way. College has to fit into the life of a Christian that is first and foremost dedicated to God. A job has to fit into a life of one who is already first and foremost dedicated to God. You see, it's not the idea of all these illustrations that I know surely most all of us have read those illustrations like you have a container and, and like you put the, the sand in first and then you can't get the big things in. That doesn't even illustrate it. In a sense, that's false teaching because the Lord is not one of the big things we put in our life. Listen, brethren, the Lord has to be our life. No man can have two masters. He either is our life or he's not. And we're trying to just place a little bit of God in a life that's dedicated to someone else or to something else. i got a passage I'd like for us to read as we close this lesson. And I don't, we don't have a slide for this, but if you want to turn to Colossians, the third chapter, I'd like for us to close by reading Paul's words here about this very same point that we're making. And then I want to quickly close with three things that hopefully we've learned today. <clears throat> In Colossians, the third chapter, notice verse 3 and 4. Colossians 3, 3 and 4, Paul says, For you died. So see, is Jesus in our life, is he the way, the truth, and the life? Or do we have our way and our truth in our life and we try to fit him in a little bit? Paul says, I tell you what, I've killed my way. I've killed what I thought was truth and I've killed my life and now it's no longer about me. Well, if it's no longer about you, what is it? He says, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, I love this next phrase. It's challenging, but listen to what he says. When Christ Who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Listen, I'm not trying to belittle the power of temptation and and all that. I realize it's huge. But this idea that it's so hard for a nineteen year old to be faithful, it doesn't fly in the scriptures. This idea, it's so hard to go to college and be faithful, it doesn't hold water. If we're painting a picture that says, oh, there's very few would ever make it. It's just too much. No. When it won't work is when Christ is not your life. When Christ is your life, when He's the way, the truth, and the life, we then join up with what Peter learned that day. My destination is the Father's house and I don't want anything that would take me away from my destination. But I know to get there, there has to be direction. And, and I don't have the direction separate from Christ. I don't have the direction from any other source. Jesus has to be my, my guide, if you will. He is the way, the truth, and the life and he has to get me there. And so when we think, what did we learn today? Let's go over two or three things. Number one, what did we learn today? From Peter, we learned that Christ knew Peter's potential, even though Peter would fall. Listen, God knows how to use us even beyond our failures. And this morning, if your life hasn't been right with Christ and you look back with great regret, trust me, the Lord can look forward with great joy seeing the potential that's still in your life. Let none of us hold back because of regrets. Let all of us move forward because of the grace and the forgiveness of God. The choice is ours. The Lord offers it to us. From Thomas, we need to learn we do not simply need direction We need the guided tour to heaven. We're not going to make it without Jesus. He has to be our life. We didn't have time to study Philip this morning, but if we did, there's a haunting question that Philip asked. And his question was uh, that Jesus asked Philip, and he says, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me? And this morning we extend the invitation with that. Is that a haunting question to you? But Jesus say, you mean you've come to church this many years and and you still really haven't made me your life? You don't really know that I'm God, that I should be Lord? Let's make sure that this morning all of us can leave here because of His grace, because of what He offers us in forgiveness. We can all leave here this morning saying, Jesus is my life. And to our graduates... We hope and pray for their strength. And if you fall, return and find your place in Christ. If you've never been immersed in Christ or you want to be restored, if we can help you in any way, come as we stand and as we sing.